Good morning, it's November 29th, and this is To My Liberal Friends. As we enter December, we're getting closer and closer to the real beginning of the 2024 presidential race. And it'll be unlike one that we've seen for some time. And one thing is certain, it looks like it'll be a race between two old men. And I say that because at the moment, both Biden and Trump are the presumptive favorites to win their party's nomination. And before I get into what a race between these two would look like, I want to caveat that statement with some things that might change the dynamics of the race. Joe Biden is now 81, will be 82 this time next year, older than any man to hold the office. He's looking more and more like his age. His verbal gaffes are piling up and the public is starting to take notice. His age has become a major point with both Democrats and Republicans. His polling numbers are stuck around 40% approval. And more importantly, they're not doing any better in the six swing, key swing states that will decide this election. Some Democratic pundits have suggested that Biden might meet with his family over the holidays and make a decision not to run. That decision might be based on the numbers, but the reasons given will be different. They could be his age, his health. He would announce he only intended to be a transition president, but the reality is, knowing Joe Biden and his ego, it will be because he does not want to lose. On the other side of the race, Donald Trump, a man whose ego knows no bounds, is running ahead of all the other challengers. He has felt confident enough to skip the debates being held by the Republican National Committee. His current closest challenger, Nikki Haley, remains far behind. The only thing that could knock Trump out of the race is either a health catastrophe, something you cannot rule out for any person approaching their late 70s, or some legal entang entanglement that results in a conviction. It would certainly not be the sham trial going on in New York, which smacks entirely of a political vendetta being carried out by the state attorney general. At age 81, Biden will be the oldest president ever elected. But if Trump wins at 78, he would also be the oldest. In a September Reuters poll, 70% of voters, including 65% of Democrats, said Biden is too old to be president. 56% said Trump's too old. Now, Trump would also be the first candidate to run for president while under indictment on criminal charges. 91 felony charges, to be precise. Nevertheless, the indictments do not appear to have cost him any support from the voters. However, if Trump is convicted of federal criminal charges, around 6% of voters in the battleground states polled by the New York Times say they would switch their votes to Biden, and that would be enough to decide the outcome for Biden. We've not seen this dynamic of two former presidents running against each other. Biden is the incumbent, and Trump is the immediate predecessor, since the 1800s. In the 1884 presidential election, Democrat Grover Cleveland won a narrow victory by half a percentage point to become the first Democrat to win the presidency after the Civil War. In the late 19th century, presidential elections were usually extremely close, just as they are now. Four years later, in 1888, Cleveland lost re-election to Republican Benjamin Harrison. Harrison won the Electoral College, but Cleveland got the, the popular vote. Sound familiar? In 1892, the presidential race was between the two candidates, incumbent President Harrison versus his immediate predecessor, former President Cleveland. Cleveland run the, won the rematch 46% to 43%. A third-party populist candidate got 8.5% of the vote and carried five states. Thus, Cleveland became the 22nd and 24th President of the United States, just as Donald Trump is hoping to become the 45th and 47th. And that third-party candidate possibly looms large once again in this election. I'm not sure whether a third party could actually carry a state, but if they did, it would throw the election into the House more than likely. One factor in the pending campaign seems generally unprecedented, the impact of social media. A Pew Research Center report found that 18% of adults in the U.S. get their news primarily from social media, second only to online news websites managed by newspapers, broadcasters, and internet news providers. Almost half, 
48% of voters under 30 say they get most of their political news from social media. To me, that's a shocking number. When you start believing what you read on the social media, you're basically admitting you're both lazy and uninformed. This podcast that I do is a form of social media, but it takes a lot of research to put it together each day. And I don't expect people to change their vote listening to me, but I do hope it stimulates them to look a little deeper at the issues and the candidates. Social media sites like Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok are not professionally edited or fact-checked. They're filled with opinions and hearsay. Pew found that Americans who rely on social media as their primary news source were the most likely to hear both fake news and, and wrong news. Young voters seem to be especially pessimistic about the economy. In that same New York Times-Siena poll, 59% of voters under 30 rated the nation's economy as poor. President Biden's robust 34-point national leader of Donald Trump among voters under 30 in the 2020 election diminishes to just one point in the current battleground states poll. And I read where young voters are calling the current economy vibe-session. They love little terms like that. People are relying on their gut to determine the state of the economy because of the haunting feeling that any crumb of data used to explain the world may be irrelevant or canceled out by something else. Personal stories of economic despair flood social media, including TikTok, a major source of political news for young people today. The unaffordability of housing is a particular complaint. This is similar to what I was saying yesterday. Young voters, like all voters, can see the impact of inflation on their lives. And while the rate of inflation is coming down, prices are still going up. When we finally get to election day next November, and it remains a Biden versus Trump race, it will be one for the ages, no pun intended. But if one or both drop out of the race for some reason, then all bets are off and all the polling data out there will be scrambled. It's been to my liberal friends. Thanks for listening.